the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church, where we minister in the spirit of excellence under the leadership of our anointed senior pastor, Bukas Sterling III. Please stay tuned at the end of this broadcast for information on how to obtain a copy of today's message in its entirety. And now, Pastor Sterling. Kettering on this morning, if you have your Bible with you, and you should, I want to invite you to Ephesians chapter 2. We'll begin our reading at verse number 1 as we conclude our series of messages entitled, You Matter, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sins, in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves in the lust of our flesh, fulfilling the desires of of the flesh and of the mind and were by nature children of wrath just as the others but God who is rich in mercy because of his great love with which he loves us even when we were dead in trespasses made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved and raised us up together and has made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus, that in the ages to come he might show exceeding show the exceeding riches of his grace in his kindness towards us in Christ Jesus. For by grace you have been saved through faith, and that not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, not of works, lest anyone should boast. For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. Therefore, remember that you, once Gentiles in the flesh, who are called uncircumcision by what is called the circumcision made in the flesh by hands, that at that time you were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenant of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. But now, in Christ Jesus, you who once were afar off have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made both one and has broken down the middle wall of separation, having abolished in his flesh the enmity that is the law of the commandments contained in the ordinances so as to create in himself one new man from the two, thus making peace, and that he might reconcile them both to God in one body through the cross, thereby putting to death enmity. And he came and preached peace to you who were afar off and those who were near. 
For through him, we both have access by one spirit to the Father. Now, therefore, you are no longer strangers and foreigners, but citizens and saints and members of the household of God. Amen. Father in heaven, we bless you and thank you for the word of God today. We thank you for this privilege opportunity. We cry out to you, Lord, for help and support and the undergirding of the Holy Spirit that you might speak through this surrendered vessel of clay. God, a word that would call someone who does not know you to understand that you have a relationship or desire a relationship with them that they might have everlasting life. I'm praying, God, that the word today might draw that one out of darkness and into the marvelous light. I'm praying, God, that they would move from religion to relationship. I'm praying, God, that the spirit of the Lord will speak in this place and through the airways in such a way, God, that if any have drifted in their fellowship, walked away from you, Lord God, that today they be drawn back to the God who loves them best. Father, in the name of Jesus, encourage those who walked in and came in, who tuned in, who are discouraged. Let the word of God encourage their hearts today. Spirit of the Lord, edify this body. Allow us, God, to glean and gain that which will help us to grow and live a life that represents you well. Spirit of the Lord, I'm praying that even the word of God today, most importantly, will glorify your name, that in all that is done and all that is said, your name will be exalted in this place. And thereby, God, you said, according to your word if I be lifted up I'll draw all men unto me so God have thine own way in this place and we will glorify you thank you God in advance for what you're getting ready to do we need you now Lord show up God and have your way in Jesus name I pray amen and amen praise the Lord we again have been on this journey preaching through this series entitled you matter I began by saying that a number of people seem to feel or respond in this current day time as being un, unappreciated and, and not really sure whether or not they have any significance, whether they matter in the world or not. Our social media has created such a falsehood about who people are and what people have and what people are doing that it causes others to feel like that I don't have what they have, I can't do what they're doing, and so I'm not as significant, and perhaps I don't even matter. Matter of fact, we've got in our whole circle of uh, communications, we now have the ability to cut folks off, amen, in a whole kind of new way. We could even befriend them and unfriend them and block them. And if you just keep getting cut off and keep getting blocked and unfriended, it doesn't take long before you start wondering whether or not you matter at all. Lord, help me right about here. And even for those that are not Internet savvy, even for those who are not connected through some social media province or connectivity or entity, God has allowed the world to degrade in such a way, and it's according to the divine will of God. That's why I say God allowed it in such a way that we have become lovers of ourselves. Amen. Praise the Lord. And as lovers of ourselves, we have less time to give attention to somebody else. And because we have less time to give attention to somebody else, what happens is as we grow and as we migrate towards the senior years of life, people have a tendency to not have time for you anymore. 
Lord, help me right about here. And as those that you spent time raising and rearing and pouring yourself into don't have time to even call you on the phone, don't have time to stop by your house, don't have time to even check to see if you're doing well or if you're dead, you start to begin to ask the question, do I even matter in this world? And after all that I've done for them churn, after all, amen, praise the Lord, somebody, after all that I've done to to pour into their life, they won't even stop by to check on me, amen. And so we begin to wonder from the lowest to the oldest whether or not we matter in this world. And so I've been attempting through the process of preaching to to help us to understand, yes, you matter. And it doesn't matter about what other people say. You matter to God. Amen. So we started on this journey in Matthew chapter 15, and we spoke from the subject matter, know who you are. And we we looked at this Syrophoenician woman, and she helped us to understand that even when everybody else rejects you, even when everybody else doesn't agree with you, you need to know who you are and know what you're entitled to. Amen. Praise the Lord. And so we moved from there to Jeremiah chapter 1, and we spoke there from the subject matter. Be certain of you, because there in Jeremiah chapter 1, we learned that before we were formed, before we were shaped, before we were conceived, God already had a successful plan for our lives. And so since God has a successful plan for our lives, and since God took all the time and attention to deposit in us and prepare for us a successful life, it helped us to understand that we matter to God, because he put so much in to assuring our power. Positive destiny, if I can say it that way. And then last when we were together, we were in John chapter 10. And there in John chapter 10, we spoke from the subject matter, loving my sheep. We then got a chance to hear from Jesus himself as he laid out there his love for the sheep. And as he shared his love for the sheep, he let us know that, first of all, I am the door. And as the door, I'm the one that's guarding and watching and taking care of the sheep. He let us know not only am I the door, but also I am the life giver. I'm the one that provides life to the sheep. And as my love for you is further seen in my examples of you, he says, I am am the good shepherd. I'm not a hireling. I'm not just here for the paycheck. I'm here because I love the sheep. And when trouble comes, I'm not going to run like the hireling because the hireling will take off and run and protect his own life. But I am the good shepherd. I'll give my life for my sheep because I love my sheep. Now, on this morning, as we delve into this particular passage here in Ephesians, as we examined all of these varying texts, and as we've kind of articulated through these sermons that we've already shared with you this morning as we've articulated each one, how we are to kind of know who we are and to be certain of our destiny and be certain of the one who loves us and and to hear of the love of God that he has for us. I pray that these messages have been helping you somehow to understand and to realize that you matter to God. But as I was preparing for this particular message, it dawned on me a kind of practice that happened in youthful days. And in in youthful days, there is kind of a practice that perhaps still happens, and that is uh, when you were kind of really liking somebody and you really had your eye on somebody, you know, that pretty little girl or that handsome little guy, and, and you were doing everything you could to get their attention, and they just didn't seem to get it. You know, they just 
They didn't know. They didn't recognize you. You, you but you were you were trying all that you could, and 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 they didn't, they didn't really know that you know that you was chasing after them in a secret, you know, and they didn't know that you was head over heels in love, and y'all got to think back a little ways. But you were doing what you could to try to, you know, get their attention, but they didn't know, and they were just kind of oblivious to the fact. And so usually what happened in those scenarios when you had done all that you could and they, the other person really didn't get it, typically what would happen is that you would tell a friend, you know, and then your friend would go to that person and your friend would tell them. And when your friend went to tell them that you were in love with them or that you really cared about them or that you was trying to get their attention, your friend usually came armed with some examples of uh, the things that you had been doing to try to get their attention. Y'all remember that? Some of you were the friend and some of you were the pursuer. And so when the friend came to tell of what was happening and all the things, they would say stuff like, haven't you noticed that they always looking at you? I mean, did you ever wonder why they washed your car and they didn't wash nobody else's car? I mean, he never does that for anybody. You know, stuff like that. And they would, you know, they would, they would kind of give you all this ammunition of the, the things that the person was doing to, to gather your attention. And you, have you noticed they always just hanging around? I mean, they, they love you, girl. They, they really, that man, is, he is in love with you. And, and you know, they, so they would, they would add on, you know, the friend would just kind of pull out all the examples of the things that the person was doing and, and you know, and, and show you. This, is, this, is, this was their way of trying to show you that, that they were in love with you. You remember that day he brought lunch for you? I mean, that, that dude cheap. He bought you lunch? Come on, girl. You know, wake up. Understand, you know. And, and, and you know, the, he's, he's always wants to carry your books and stuff like that. He, you know, they would, you know, kind of tell you. So he's like, oh, well, I didn't know. Because, you know, the person was completely oblivious. So I kind of stopped by this morning as a friend of God to kind of let you know that he is in love with you. Amen. And I want to I wanna talk just for a few moments from the subject matter, he has great love for you. Well, Pastor, how do you how do you know how do you, how do you know he he has great love for me? Um, well, I know because first of all, as I was delving in this text, I know by the richness of his mercy for you. Listen to what it, what the text says. He says, "And you were, and you he made alive who were dead in trespasses and sin." in which you once walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the powers of the heirs, the spirit that now works in the sons of disobedience. Listen to verse 4. But God, who is rich in mercy, because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead in trespasses and sin, made us alive with Christ. By grace, you have been saved. Wow. Wow. So I know that he loves you. He has great love for you based on the richness of his mercy towards you. Now, if I can make this as clear as possible, mercy is when God holds back from you the judgment that's due to you. In other words, when I look at this, the text says we were dead in trespasses and sin. We were spiritually 
dead to God because of our sin, because of our trespasses. And a trespass means you cross a line. You have violated a standard. You have crossed the line that says if you cross this line, you are in violation of my standard. You are in violation of my law. And because we had crossed the line, because we have violated the standards of God, because of sin that we had not only committed, but the sin that we were born in, we were born at odds with God. We were born as enemies of God. We were born dead and in trespasses and in sin. And because of our sin, we deserved to die and we deserved to stay dead. The text says we were dead, but we deserve to be dead. We deserve to be cut off. We deserve to stay in that condition. For God even warned Adam in the garden, the day that you take of the fruit that's in the midst of the garden, you will surely die. Now, keep in mind, before God gave Adam that restriction, he says, Adam, I've given you every tree. Man, you can eat all this. There's multitudes of varieties of trees and fruit that you can eat from. And and when you get tired of eating from the the trees, Adam, I've given you the, the vegetation of the ground. You can even eat of that, Adam. I've given you sweet potatoes and arch potatoes and carrots and and I've given you turnips and I've I've given you squash and watermelons and cantaloupes. Adam, you can eat all this stuff and all of all these trees, but Adam, don't eat from the tree. That's in the middle of the garden. For in the day that you eat from that tree, you will surely die. You will will have trespassed onto the territory, Lord help me here, that belongs only to God. You will have violated the lines that I've drawn in the sand. Adam, I've given you all the wide range of paradise to to travel over, to eat over, and to to do as you will. but, But Adam, I've drawn a line around this tree, and if you take of this tree and you eat of this tree, you will have trespassed, and as a result of your trespass, as a result of your sin, as a result of you violating my standard, Adam, you are going to be spiritually cut off from me and you will surely die. Are y'all still here with me? So there's spiritual death that happens, but there was a warning that was given. And he says, now, as a result of that, we were dead and we deserve to be dead because we trespassed, we, we violated the law of God, we crossed over the line, and, and even as Adam. And so he, he says we were dead in sin and we had trespassed. And watch this, it, verse number two, and, and we walked according to the course of this world. Now, I know for some of you, you got to go back a long time before you, you remember when you was walking according to the course of this world. And for others, it was last night or this morning that you were walking according to the course of this world, according to the prince of the power of the air. The prince of the power of the air is the devil. And we walked according to the ways of the world. We did what the world said do. We 
followed in the trend of the world. We follow what the devil said do, the prince of the power of the air, who now works in the sons of disobedience, among whom also we all once conducted ourselves. So don't, don't feel bad. It's not nobody's pointing a finger that doesn't have guilt of their own. Everybody was in this same category, for all of us were sinners. We all had sinned and come short of the glory of God. Are y'all still here with me? And we all conducted ourselves in the lust of the flesh. We all did what our flesh said do. We all chased after what our flesh told us to chase after. We all desired the things that the flesh told us to desire. And not only things that the flesh told us to desire, the things that our mind, help me Lord, even came up with. Whatever thing came across our mind, we planned out how we could do the thing that came across our mind. I'm trying to remind you where you were. Hopefully, you're not still there. So, so we were all there, and we were fulfilling the desires of the flesh and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as others. The Apostle Paul says we, we were all in this spiritual sense of deadness. We were all in this condition of death, and we were all deserving of it. We were all caught there doing what we wanted to do. We were children of wrath. In other words, we were closely associated with the wrath of God. The idea of the word he even uses here, children, gives an intimate. It's an intimate idea. So what he is, is saying, we were intimate with the wrath of God as we were pursuing the lust of our flesh. Lord, help me here. In other words, when you pursue the lust of your flesh, you're automatically inviting the wrath of God. And so he says, you are closely associated as children of wrath. And guess what? We were in that condition, and we deserve to be in that condition, and God should have kept us in that position. But aren't you glad that verse 4 comes along? But God, somebody should have shouted right about there. I was dead in trespasses and sin. I was chasing after the flesh of, my, of, of the world. I was, I was following the, the instructions of the devil. I was doing what the world said do. I was doing what my mind said do. I was dead in trespasses and sin. I, w- I deserved to be there. I was separated spiritually from God. But God, who is rich in mercy... Because of his great love with which he loved us. I'm trying to help you to understand something. Again, remember, I just came as a friend to let you know how much he loves you. And I want you to know he loves you so much. And he tries to show you through the richness of his mercy. Because he should have destroyed us. He should have killed us. He should have wiped us out while we were in sin. While we were doing wickedness. While we were separated from him. We should have kept us in that condition. But God... Because of the richness of his mercy. But he, oh my God, because he loved us with such a great love, he, he poured out rich mercy on us. Wow. The richness of his mercy. He made us alive. Lord Jesus, this is good. Man, I feel, I feel loved all over again. He made us alive because of the richness, through the richness because of his great love with which he loved us, even when we were dead, even when we were dead, verse 5, he made us alive with Christ. He made us alive. He, he quickened us. He, he blew breath into our lives. Instead of taking it all out of us, he, he, he made us alive. And, and watch this. And by grace you've been saved. But God, in the richness of his mercy, instead of destroying you, he held back destruction. 
He held back what we deserve and made us alive and watch this, and raised us up together with Christ as if we deserve to be raised with Christ. And then he made us sit together with Christ. He loves you greatly. And he loves you. And his love can be seen in the richness of his mercy. In the richness of the way he held back what we deserved and he, and he with, withheld it from us. Raised us up together and made us sit together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Nobody here this morning, nobody listening deserved to be able to sit in heavenly places with Christ. None of us, no. Now, based on our sinful condition, based on our, our destructive attitude, based on our relationship with death, based on our love for the sin that we were committing, none of us deserve to be able to be raised together with Christ and to sit with Christ in heavenly places. To continue our journey, tune in next week for the second half of today's message. Praise the Lord. You have been listening to the radio broadcast ministry of Kettering Baptist Church under the leadership of Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III, where we minister in the spirit of excellence. We pray that you have been richly blessed by today's message. Financial contributions and support of this ministry are welcome. We thank you in advance for uniting with us in Kingdom Building. For a copy of this sermon on CD or to hear this message again on the web, please visit our website at KetteringMinistries.org and remember to reference the title or broadcast date. We hope that you have enjoyed our journey together and we invite you to join us for one of our spirit-filled worship services Sundays at 8 a.m. or 11 a.m. at our new edifice called the Legacy Center located at 6909 Crane Highway, Upper Marlboro, Maryland. For additional information, go to our website at KetteringMinistries.org or contact our church office at 301-627-9500. Please join us again as Senior Pastor Bukas Sterling III and the Kettering Baptist Church family minister in the spirit of excellence.